0: Welcome to episode 101 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Today's show, entitled Unstoppable Demand, takes head-on the question of, with rising home prices, where does this end? Will Gattenby meets with us. He's the Senior Director of Membership and Communications for the Oklahoma Associations of Realtors. He demonstrates how supply has been ever-increasing at the end of each month for the last four months, but demand steadily rising has outpaced supply. We see this as an increase of demand for Oklahoma City in general. In light of a national economy where affordability and housing is in question, Oklahoma City still rising high in the affordability index. Couple that with the lowest in the nation for unemployment rates, and you get a city that is rising in demand. Broadcasting live from the middle of America, welcome to the
1: Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Covering local market data, news, and reports to arm you with information you need to empower your investing and strengthen your American rights. Top Realtor, investor, father, and veteran. Here is your host, Landon Witt. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit OKCRealEstateShow.com. I am the Senior Director of Membership and Communications for the Oklahoma Association of Realtors, uh, the statewide association in Oklahoma, so uh, we don't run your MLS and we don't control your license, but we do make sure you're a great realtor member.
0: Excellent. So if you're a realtor listening, I know we've got some of you guys on here. You know I'm not exactly precise <laughs> sometimes. But uh, I, think, I think when uh, we're going to get into the numbers here, and today's show is really just about inventory, 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 right? You've all been, whether you're investing in the city, whether you're a realtor in the city, inventory is key. And that's not just in real estate, right? That's in printer cartridge sales or Amazon, you know, uh, sales, anything supply and demand oriented you got to look at how much supply you have and how much demand you have so we're going to talk about those metrics right now and how that's been shifting Um, take us in will on exactly you've got a couple of key points here that are trending towards more potential inventory on the market or you're just kind of the result of saying that don't be weary it's a strong sustained market what's kind of your thesis here
1: So I think my thesis is this market we understand right now isn't necessarily going away anytime soon. But for those who are hoping that there's a little bit more inventory on the market, there are some data points that show that maybe that's coming soon. And so I'll go ahead and share my screen here, Landon, and get into some of this data right here for you. Um, So this is just an overview of the uh, end of September's data from the statewide of Oklahoma. So Oklahoma statewide uh, real estate data. Got some key metrics here. I'm going to go ahead and scroll down just to the uh, active listings and look at the month-end active listings. So, uh, one of my first points here, I think that is, if we've been looking for for, I mean, a very long time now, uh, if you can see the 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 bold blue is this year and light blue is last year. So, if you can see since last March of 2020, inventory has been going down, down, down. Then we get back over here to September 20, down, 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 down. That's like, I don't know, how many months in a row. And basically from last. September of 20, you know, we're, or excuse me, that's blue line is September 19. We have been going down with no relative tick back up for oh, a year and a half. That's a long time. I guess September 19 is two years ago. So two years, we really haven't ticked back up until May of this year. So the end of month inventory of May was higher than the end of month inventory in April. And that was the first time we saw something like that in, in, in 18 months. Now it's been almost two years. And after in the month end of June, inventory ticked back up a little bit more to uh, 8.4k houses uh, on the on the market in Oklahoma to 9.3 the month after to uh, 9.46 the month after. Now September 21, we saw inventories back down a tiny bit. And I, I'm not a, an active practitioner in the market, though I would assume that has something to do with sort of maybe the end of the busy season of summer. So um, as we picked up. We saw we saw listings come up, and they're still staying sort more of a stable right here. Um, they're not dropping off again. This isn't like it's crescendoing down. Um, we'll probably see inventory tick down a little bit, like we do in winter months and years past. Um, and and but hopefully this means that uh, the inventory is slightly higher than we've seen in the past year when things have just truly been crazy.
0: I know we've been tracking days on market because that's always. You know, when we look at historical data, we always go back to like 2008 and on, onward. And we notice that there's a, there's a change, uh, in days on market drastically. And some of that could just be, uh, you know, technology, right? I mean, Zillow and all these other realtor.com and, and all this other resource to where people are shopping online now and they're not waiting. There's not, not a lot of uh, friction to purchasing. So, um, have you seen on your guys side, I mean, what's the talk on days on market?
1: Yeah, so we actually don't have the days on market statistic just because, you know, we don't own the MLS here. Um, and so that's something that we're looking at more holistic data, like more larger data set. But mm-hmm. we do look at something very similar to that, which is uh, months of inventory. I think this directly correlates to days on market. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I'll just share my screen for the months of inventory uh, I've got right here. Um, obviously, this has been uh, so the way months of inventory works, uh, this has been around for a decade or so. Um, it predates me in, in the industry industry. Um, But six months of inventory would be considered not a buyer's market, not a seller's market, just neutral. Well, Oklahoma typically operates under six months of inventory, so it's always sort of a seller's market, a little bit. Um, So I I think maybe that number is just maybe skewed for Oklahoma. But under three is certainly a seller's market, and that's what we've had right now. You can see this dot right here at the top of the point is February of 2020. That is uh, 4.74 months of inventory. if we had that amount of stuff on the market right now, people would be going crazy. I mean, uh, the, that would be a lot of homes on the market. Um, and so that has been essentially, we see the steady decline to where we get to the beginning of one year, about a year ago, September and 20, and we're about you know 1.92 months of inventory. And we hover around that point, including going down, uh, and we're still about one and a half months of inventory. Um, that means that if no homes are put back on the market in 45 days there will be no homes for anybody to buy so i mean that will that can speak to days on market because i mean directly correlated here with 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 so few homes in the market it sort of like takes everything else that's on the market and it just like people are zapping it up Mm -hmm. i I think landon you probably encountered this in in many of your dealings that um, if you're trying to help someone buy a home right now you're probably encountering homes that are Hitting the MLS after they've been sold, um, sort of the pocket listings. A lot of things are happening at Tuesday morning sales meetings. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> and and I mean that's obviously allowable um, in our in our association and in the industry. Um, but that's because homes are so hot right now that th- th- those Tuesday morning sales meetings have become crucial for many businesses in Oklahoma.
0: Month supply of homes for sale on your screen now. You've got, and for those on listening on just a podcast on a train or whatever you're doing at the gym, uh, d- 2011 was the last year that we saw six months supply of inventory. And, and, and honestly, that number stretches across. We've talked about this before on the show, but that number, if you've been investing in Atlanta or you've been investing in Florida, uh, that number has been uh, gone for a while, and 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 largely. Uh, We would argue because in two thousand and seven is really when we start to see the the digital reformation of real estate sales, and really like Zillow really began getting traction, and so the the speed and the velocity. So looking at this though, you've got from twenty. January 2020 to January 2021 was the most drastic drop in month supply of inventory, and the most drastic rise of inventory this summer from May to July. And and I really believe that it has to do with, uh, you know, you had a you had a bunch of people that wanted to buy bigger homes, and then also a bunch of information that was going around the market saying, hey, you can get record prices for your home than you've ever gotten before. Um, so I don't know, did you see, did, can you see the info spark screen? Did that pop up? You might have to st- stop sharing for a second.
1: Oh, here I'll stop yeah.
0: sharing. Let me, let me share this. And, um, wow. that way you can see, uh, here we go. There it is. Can you see that? That's, that's the info spark screen. And that's, From 2008, when InfoSpark started, all the way to today, kind of giving us a grand, uh, you know, spectrum of central Oklahoma at least um, in terms of the month supply. Our days on market—that's one thing that, uh, when we look at it, it's obviously cyclical uh, in nature. Going all the way down to now, where we're just in. I mean, three days, the entire MLS at May was three days on the market uh, median, you know, uh, and then now we're at five, you know, so almost a doubling of days on market, which is important when you're looking at the median of thousands and thousands of transactions. So in terms of is there hope? For you as a home buyer that's listening to this this show, the answer is yes, yes. There's a lot of hope um, in terms of affordability index from properties being 300 and under. The interest rates not affecting your payment very much. I mean, you you might go, oh my goodness, the news. You know, we just released this this weekend and in bold letters. The Associated Press released the end of refinancing has be, has sure. begun, uh, which is marked by just a lower. And lower and lower number of folks refinancing, but before you freak out, under three hundred, the difference in five percent or four percent or three percent is maybe a hundred dollars a month, hundred and twenty a month. So cancel TV. I mean, get the home you want. I mean, it's yeah. so it's 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 more or less the interest rates really are affecting our jumbo loans, folks over the five hundred mark, and so. I think that we're headed the right direction. Now, I, I, Will, I want you to talk just a little bit about if you're talking about a rental property, that's kind of the hardest metric to really judge here, at least on our side. Do you have any discussions around y'all's office as far as where rental properties are going? Are we getting more investors? You know, Is it more renters than, than it was before since this market is this way? Or is there more owners
1: yeah, I mean, it looks like there's probably more owners right now. We've seen, you know, one thing we would wanted to talk about was some of that demand-driven, this is all demand-driven. And even mm-hmm. if you go back on on your graph back to 2008, the reason there was so much inventory was also demand-driven with sort of the, uh, the Great Recession, as we now know it, um, kind of driving low demand to move their home because you couldn't sell the home for what it, you bought it. Um, you know, people were underwater in their homes. Now, in Oklahoma City, I don't know if that was as prominent and is in some places like in Florida where we saw a lot of those effects or uh, or other places across the country. Um, but as far as rental properties here, we've seen a lot of people, investors come into the state of Oklahoma buying properties because although they may be more expensive here, they're being priced out of buying rental properties in places where mm-hmm. they may live. So a California investor, you know, you've know, you got probably got folks in California listening to this now who are saying, I've been priced out of buying rental properties in California or buying buying properties to, let's say, buy, flip, buy, hold, rent, whatever that may be. Um, And so you've got people coming to places like Oklahoma, where although it's much more expensive here than it was a year ago, we've seen home values increase. It's still relatively inexpensive compared to the rest of the country. Um, also, I mean, a strong job market here. I think that's a, you know, as we talk about when I mean, this goes right into demand as well, mm-hmm. as long as we've got a, job, a strong job market, low unemployment uh, and, and uh, okay, interest rates ticked up what a, a quarter of a <laughs> point or something like that. Like, I mean, okay, uh, people finance for under two percent like within the last year. I mean, mm-hmm. we're we're talking about not even ticking up back to what it was a year and a half ago. We're talking about just ticking up to what it was six months ago. And um as long as those factors are uh, uh, you know, are in play right now, people are going to want to buy homes and if they can't mm-hmm. buy a home, they're going to be renting homes. And so um, I think we have seen those institutional investors, excuse me, the investors coming in to buy um, homes in Oklahoma, uh, which will turn into rent homes, whether they are rent homes mm-hmm. today or whether they are in three months from now. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's still waiting to be seen. I mean, maybe it takes a couple months or so to, to mm-hmm. put the house in the shape you want before you rent it. So you can make the amount of money you want to off of it. Um, another thing we've talked about here in the national association is institutional investors. So this is a, uh, uh investment firms who essentially um, because they get no rate of return from, let's say, parking their money in a bank or in the Fed or something like that, it's essentially zero there. They're buying property and parking their money in property, not so they can rent it and make money, though they will do those things too, um, but so they can hold retained value. So if they want to liquidate or just, you know, essentially gain back more cash later, they will buy these homes at a later date. Um, But essentially these homes are going to rise in value at a great greater, uh, greater than they could get by parking that in some bank somewhere or some bond, but basically.
0: Well, when we talk about demand, we talk about it relative to the national median, right? The national purchase price and, and, you know, specifically investors that are looking to buy a rental property. If you want to sell your property to an investor, they're either going to flip it or they're going to rent it out afterwards. We were the king of like 2% rent to value ratio five years ago. And now we're 0.8, you know, is pretty much what we're seeing now, which makes sense at four and a quarter, you know, or, or 3.75. If you can get that low on an investment or secondary home purchase, um, the numbers look really good. I mean, so if we see the interest rates continue to climb, we'll see more investors back out of the scene or more cash be put into the scene. I think an interesting thing about Oklahoma City is that it, it is in uh, institutional investor proof to a certain extent, just because Oklahoma is so fragmented. I mean, anybody driving around, I mean, we. I remember uh, anybody that listens to Jason Hartman's podcast, uh, you know, he rented this bus and we got on the bus and we drove around Oklahoma City with these investors from all over the world. And if from the bus, you know, looking from this bus driving through the neighborhoods and hearing the people talking, you know, Oklahoma City is like Detroit five years ago or 10 years ago in in a lot of ways. Like there's streets that just look like a bomb went off and then there's another street that's just amazing, you know, flips that are selling for $200 a square foot in the plaza or something. And so what I mean by that is it's because it's so fragmented, it's very hard for somebody to say, oh yeah, you know, let's go ahead and purchase at the 200 price point in Oklahoma City, uh, not necessarily all the same, right? Like, you really got to know street by street in this. And I think that's prevented a lot of the things that happen in, like, Atlanta, for example. Huge swaths of Atlanta being purchased, um... What, you know, several towns in California, of course. Um, you know, whereas Oklahoma City, you, you got to get to know it and you got to get to know a local realtor to understand the the local renter's mindset and the local purchasing mindset if you're going to flip a home as well. Um, you mentioned September 21st was the highest month of sales volume in the past 25 months. Can you
1: talk yeah, about the that fourth a highest. Bit? the fourth highest? So the fourth highest of the last uh the last two years basically um i think that the significance here is that um so the volume that's the overall d- dollars of of, of of property sold that that's the fourth highest since this pandemic started if you look uh, here I'll, I'll pull back i will share it again so you can kind of see that graphic um if you look back may june of last year um excuse me um active sold volume pardon me closed sales volume uh if we look back at the january february march of 2020 that's the light blue here um april and may should be when things are really starting to shoot up okay out of sort of you know getting to the spring months people listing properties and I mean kind of the busy season here that did not happen. Of course, we all know in March, the world came to a (laughs) shutdown, Mm -hmm. uh, beginning with a thunder, uh, basketball game here in Oklahoma. And all of a sudden (laughs) the whole world starts panicking and we're the epicenter of what happened with just one guy test positive in the NBA. Um, Well, I mean, it stays flat, March, April, May. It's just like basically Mm -hmm. the most basic amount of real estate transactions are happening. So this is, I think if you wanna look at like, what is a baseline, like no matter what the scenario, this is the minimum number of transactions that will happen in a March, April, and May. I think if we go back and look at that, that's the minimum number. but then in june we start popping up big okay um i mean that's a that's a very sizable jump um that and that june uh was probably comparable to its year before um and then July, that's outpacing its year before. Certainly August, September, and we've pretty much been in this high state of sales ever since. Um, and then, if you look at sort of the dark blue bars here, mm-hmm. um, these numbers again, February, we instead of you know lulling through March, April, May, June, we're climbing the entire time, closer to you know, and in June hitting almost one point. $5 billion dollars in uh, closed sales volume for the month uh, in Oklahoma. That's that is it's an astronomical number. I mean, honestly, I think if you would said two or three years ago to someone that this is the amount of closed sales volume we're going to have in the state of Oklahoma, they wouldn't have believed it. Um, and and pretty much September here has been the fourth highest. So May, June, uh, excuse me, June, July, August. Those were probably the three highest. And this September is the fourth highest month in the last two and a half years. And by being the fourth highest in the last two and a half years, it's probably the fourth highest ever in Oklahoma. Now, mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and really research that in order to say it definitively. I was going to say,
0: and it becomes extremely difficult the further further past you go. Do you have unit right. sales? I mean, we got sales volume here, which, I mean, we, we saw in I some neighborhoods.
1: Sales. This is also, um, this is closed sales Number, of single family okay, homes. There we go. So we're not looking at commercial properties or condos, or uh, I guess technically some of these are condos, townhouses, but this is not like apartment units or anything So we're like that. still so.
0: looking at September percent change. Okay, so we're the net was negative one point seven percent. Is that what I'm seeing on the le- the left
1: side that's, there? That's correct. So from September twenty one, uh, excuse me, yeah, that's from September twenty to September gotcha. twenty one. The current so month, September sure, last it. month had mm-hmm. more homes sold than September this month. September is this month by mm-hmm. one point seven percent. But if we go down, to, uh, but if we go down to volume, okay, the volume is higher because the homes are worth more. The sales price,
0: sure, so. sure. Um, but
1: this is an extremely high number of homes sold. Again, we had this more is homes the, you know, sold
0: this year than last year by, it looks, I mean, that's 15, 20%. I mean, through
1: the summer, March, April, yes. May, June. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, look, okay. July this year was less than July last year. But I mean, we're talking about. So this uh, is the great uh, remigration. The if you ask me fourth, this, yeah,
0: this is showing. I mean, if you've got more homes sold, I mean, you, you definitely have people that are, if you're going to, you know, shelter in place, you want to have a bigger home and you're, and you're doing the, the home swap, right? So you got to have that, but there's got to be a growth in population somewhere in there. You can't say all this is is just people changing homes staying local do, well, we, I, do we have any population figures i mean I, we've, I,
1: we've, I mean we've got census data that comes back obviously you know i mean uh, that, that's just come back and oklahoma is one of the fast oklahoma city is one of the fastest growing metropolitan areas oklahoma is one of the, the faster growing states in in the country um I, I mean we didn't gain any like congressional seats or anything like that i mean that would be a marker of of the way you grow as well um but but oklahoma city is a, a very a, a fastly growing community uh, I'll just point out here if you go back to this right here this mm-hmm. this this dark blue bar is September of 2020 okay so that's exactly 13 months ago from September 21 all right and then that light blue one makes that September 19 so here in 2019 I think that was a great year I mean we looked at I mean real estate sales in 19 and they were very strong no one would have said that was a down year in any regard um, and and uh, uh, and and this number is thirty percent higher. So the set one year growth from September nineteenth to September twenty is 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 thirty percent, twenty nine point five percent. Okay, um, and and I mean so we're talking about these these dark blue bars these light blue bars now are all just dramatically affected by. Uh, what we're talking about here. Is it a population growth? I think what we're seeing here is a demand of people wanting something new to live in. At the beginning of the pandemic, they were at home and they, if they had kids, they wanted a bigger yard. If they were, um, you know, if they, if they were, let's say they didn't have kids at home, they probably want to live closer to something they can walk to for some enjoyment. Uh, we were told that this may be the new normal for several months. And I think now, you know, 18 months on from March, 2020, we're seeing that, especially Oklahoma, I mean, a lot of things are back to primarily normal here. Maybe some reduced numbers in restaurants, and there's still lots of folks who are uh, COVID hesitant, and certainly no no shame uh, in that. Um, But a lot of people have gone back to living somewhat of their normal lives. But some of those things that they learned at the beginning of COVID, that they want a bigger yard or that they need a second, you know, uh, they need an office or for some people, a second office. Or, you know, uh, we're even seeing multi-generational homes and not like uh, kids moving in with, you know, like adult children with parents. We're seeing parents moving in with their adult children and their their kids, so you know, grandparents and grandkids with their adult children uh, in the home. Uh so I mean, people want you know a bigger home or just something different. They want nicer amenities. They want to be closer to something else. It was like the the great migration, but they were just migrating within their own neighborhoods or, or you know around the neighborhoods or around their of their city for the most part. So we're talking about. Uh, of course, about- there were migrations out of New York as well mm-hmm. to Florida. We've seen people out of California to other parts of California. There's migrating around California. Uh, it's a very large place. Uh, we've had influxes to Texas. We've had influxes to Colorado. And we've even had spillover to, again, Oklahoma City and Tulsa have both been the beneficiaries of some of these people who are, have been migrating during, uh, uh, during COVID.
0: Sustained growth. Is what we're seeing though throughout just the median price point, um, with no indication in the inventory supply demand that there's going to be any change. One would say, what about job growth? You mentioned job growth earlier that that it appears to be growing, in that, and I'm assuming that's coming from the labor department. Or w- w- where we, when we talk yeah. about job growth, we just mean unemployment. David
1: just uh, tweet or Facebook. Uh, I don't know, three days ago or something. Uh, the, the end of September uh, statistics for Oklahoma City, and it is the number one uh, for unemployment rate in the country. So, like three point something percent unemployment, which five percent being full unemployment from an economist standpoint. That's really good. Um, there are more jobs available than there are people to take jobs in this state. And in a lot of states across the country, as long as people have that fluidity to move to a job that they desire or that has higher income or they have opportunities, they're going to have excess income. Oklahoma already has um, uh, a higher amount of uh, expendable income in per family in our state than a lot of places in the country. You have that they're going to choose where you live has determined in the last year and a half to been a very important factor for how you spend money and save money they want to live somewhere they really enjoy they want to live in a home that has the features that they desire that fits their lifestyle that fits their needs now if they're working from home or if their parents have moved in um and 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 they're going to t- take that money that expendable income and they're going to put it into a property
0: Folks, you heard it. Will Gattenby, Oklahoma Association of Realtors, bringing it heavy on the facts here today on is Oklahoma a good bet? It appears to be the best bet in the nation in terms of job growth right now. We've got more jobs than people searching for jobs. When you talk about rental property, when you talk about sustained growth, you got to look at your options, right? If you want to go to Dallas... $300,000, $400,000, $500,000, $600,000 Three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars $600,000 to get you into a first-time home. I mean, it, this, the, the list goes on. When you talk about the Midwest, Oklahoma City still has the most affordable value of anywhere else around, and we're still going to continue selling properties until that is no longer the case. And with other towns continuing to grow and continuing to expand, especially in Texas, that could be a long time. So don't be afraid to pay more than you would have paid last year because statistics, data, all the information is pointing to if you don't buy now, it's just going to get more expensive with each month that passes will thanks for coming on the show today do you have any closing parts before we wrap up here
1: you know I've got one last pitch and it's something I heard about last week I was uh, in you Washington. kill, your, kill the, the screen share uh, yeah you got it uh, I was in DC for the state chambers fly in just talking with uh, you know legislators regulators and folks up there about you know what is what does Oklahoma look like as far as a development and, and things like that um, you know there's a lot of things happening on the whoop, Pardon me. Uh, There's a lot of things happening in development and, excuse me, shipping lanes on the West Coast. So we're seeing a renegotiating with the uh, with the with the longshoremen or the the folks working ports in California. We're also seeing a lot of pressure against China and a lot of smart money is betting on the fact that a lot that we're going to be using New Orleans, the port of New Orleans, a lot more to ship in goods uh, to the United States. And that means that those let's say trucking routes and companies are going to want to be closer to that. Oklahoma has uh, the port, the Port of Catoosa, which can reach the Port of New Orleans. Okay, so there'll be shipping. You can ship on on boats there. Uh, Plus, we have, you know, the I-44, I-40 and I-35 all right there, crisscrossing the entire country. So these will be hubs of where people are building businesses that have easy access to gain things from the Port of New Orleans that are being shipped in and out of the country and to ship them across the country as they come in. So uh, if, if you're out of the state looking to invest in Oklahoma, this is a Sound long-term place to be investing. You bring
0: up a great point, Will. We haven't done that in a little while. Military logistics, right? If you're if you're trying to attack a an economic base of, of, of a country, you're going to do it at the port cities, right? That's what we did in World War II. We blockaded. We've been doing it since well, the the Revolutionary War. Yeah, uh, that's right. So if you, he's great point. Excellent point. Well, we gotta do a whole show on this. So what he talked about was mainly China's bringing in all this inventory through the West Coast, and and now and then you're you know you've got your uh, you know South America bringing in all the inventory through Houston. So now the opportunity of of New Orleans and Houston being a a primary port, and then you've got the crossroads of America. So this is I forty here. Running east and west, I-35 running north and south, and then you've got I-44. A lot of trucking hubs. Okay, so if you're if you're talking about wanting to go to California, you can bop up here if you don't need to go through Texas. You've got all this commerce coming south. Now it really gives us an opportunity to move traffic throughout the Midwest through Oklahoma City. If you want to have a distribution center right? And you want to talk about distributing centrally and you're looking at trying to save mileage. You're going to take all your main sub, your main product to Oklahoma city and disperse out of there. And, uh, any ask any trucker, right? They'll know exactly where Oklahoma City is.
1: They know so. the best exits too, with the best food probably. <laughs>
0: All right, thanks for coming on the show, Will. Really appreciate it. And uh, if you guys want more information, we got a new tab on the website. It's talking about home repair tips. So for those uh, landlords or homeowners that want to start repairing your your own things in your home, we've got some great help videos on that. And if you want to hire somebody, what to avoid? A lot of scams going on right now with the influx of Hispanics coming across the border whether you're from Guatemala Mexico pouring in the border in Texas and that's resulted in a lot of contractors uh, you know having a lot of competition on the labor side of the market uh, we've But just even last week, I had a customer pay uh, a gentleman to replace the hot water tank, and he disappeared. Uh, So be wary of that now that we get into a new market. Uh, Make sure, and we've got some videos and tips on that on the website, OKCRealEstateShow.com. Look for the Home uh, Repair Tips tab. New video series coming out there. Uh, Thanks again for joining me, Will. And uh, you have a good rest of your day.
1: Thanks, Landon. Have a great one. Bye, Will. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit OKCRealEstateShow.com.